This is episode 30 of the Bi Urban Yogi featuring Dhaka ZG. I'm your host, Will Blunderfield. I'm a psych major, a Kundalini yoga teacher, spin instructor, recording artist, and a mindfulness based stress reduction teacher in training. Join me in this free flowing conversation exploring what it means to live with balance in the 21st century. Ziji is a Tibetan word that translates as full of splendor, brilliance, or confidence. Sensual massage is a way to restore ourselves to this state. Ziji has spent more than three years studying massage with a friend and mentor, Sequoia, who has been doing this work for almost 40 years. Ziji has long believed in the power of the body to heal, transform, and awaken us to our spiritual dimension. This comes from many years of journeying in different spiritual traditions, including First Nations spirituality, Tantric Buddhism, and yoga. This culminated in spending two years in a Tibetan Buddhist monastery in Canada, developing a meditation practice and learning Tantric practices. This work has made Zeji deeply attuned to the inner workings of his own energy, which allows him to intuitively sense what somebody needs to create transformation and healing. Since then, he has been called to massage work as a way to help others find the clarity and power of a still mind. He feels very passionate about sharing this experience with others. Zigi's massage practice is not just a way for him to make money, he considers it a way of contributing to the world. I hope you enjoy my interview with Daka Zigi. We are on air with Z. Do you go by Dhaka or ZG? I go by ZG more. Cool. But... And is Dhaka your like first name, or is it from it's, a different? It's a complicated story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But formally, is Dhaka is like a title, so it's the oh, male cool. form of Dakini. Oh. So Dhaka is Daki and Dakini. They're like sky dancers, sky walkers oh, okay, in the Tibetan cool. Buddhist tradition. Sky dancers. Now, what does sky? Does that mean nude? Um, well, you know. In the in the iconography of Tibet, they're often scantily clad. Fine. I don't know. I don't... Do you know James Randall Smith? Yeah. Because he goes by James Skydancer sometimes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's the same. Cool. Same word. But same yeah, word. so that's my first. But it's more of a title, actually. It's not so much of a name. It's cool. like Was that given to you? Dakini is like a you... class of beings. Oh, okay. It's not like a name of some right. specific being. I see. And did you give that give yourself that name, or were you? Yeah, it was with you. Well, okay. The story is basically like I had ZG as my mm-hmm. name. Everything was going fine because I needed to come up with an alternative name because I was mm-hmm. a high school teacher at the same time. All right. So I was like, okay, I'm doing this work, which is a little bit, you know, it's controversial for being a high school teacher to be doing this work. And so I said, okay, I have this alternate name, ZG, but mm-hmm. then I. I started um, having to facilitate workshops, and people uh-huh. would ask me, well, what's your name? And I'd say, ZG, but they'd say, well, what's your last name? And I would say, well, I don't really, like, I, I didn't think that far ahead, right? <laughs> so you've never really had a last name. Well, not as, not as ZG. I and so, I, uh, so then that's when I was like, okay, let me think of what do I want my last name to be. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it, whatever... The way it rolled off the tongue, Ziji Daka didn't sound as good as Daka Ziji. Yeah, Daka Ziji rolls off the tongue better. So we went with Daka Ziji. I think it's a great name. (laughs) I really like it. Yeah, I just got my spiritual name uh, 
Tage Rondier. Yes, yeah, I saw and that. I just love that. I and love what names does that, that have meaning. Tage means almost like radiant aura or bolt of, of radiance. Mm. And uh, um, Rondier means um, like honorable on the battlefield. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so I like that. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's nice to to sort of tailor your name to suit you and mm. and suit your purpose and mm. sort of remind you of your mission. Mm. You know, I love yep. that. Um, speaking of mission, what would you say is your mission in life? Mm. Well, I would say that I have a few missions, but I think mm -hmm. around my work around sexuality and spirituality, um, I think ultimately I, I love, I'm a, I'm a journeyer of altered states of consciousness. And cool. for me as a, you know, just as a young person before I encountered any of this, like sexuality was just a really profound experience. Mm -hmm. And I, I often felt like um, the people who I was having sex with were not, were somehow not accessing the same space. And I, and I didn't make much of it. I mean, I just kind of, I just thought, oh, well, like, I just really like sex or, you know. Mm -hmm. And, and um, but then it was through um, encountering Tantra that basically I started to realize that actually there's something, it, this is more than just like a personality difference. It's more than just mm -hmm. like a random thing. It's actually like, this is actually something that's quite profound and we can, we can all, we, we might have natural inclinations towards it, but we can all do practices that also develop ourselves in that way to, mm. to get more and more open to sexual energy and learning how to work with sexual energy in a really profound way. So you would say part of your mission on this planet in this incarnation is to inspire people and help guide people to use their sexuality for healing and spirituality and cultivating a deeper connection to themselves and others? Totally. I mean, that's, that's one of my missions. And I, and I think like, like this whole world of Tantra is actually quite diverse. And I work with people who come for a lot of different reasons. Some people are working with sexual dysfunction, you know, mm -hmm. like it could just be on the physical level, their body is not acting or behaving the way they want to mm -hmm. due to anxiety or surgery or you know mm -hmm. all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. and then we have people who are just exploring sexuality for the first time and just to even especially um, for two men mm -hmm. to be together some guys are really um, daunted by that and mm -hmm. so creating safety and trust for those mm -hmm. men to, to be able to explore. So I would say those things, those kind of fall into a different category because it's, mm -hmm. it's not so much of a spiritual focus. It's right. in a way, it's kind of like more down to earth down than that. Down to earth kind of, yeah. Just like basics, like the basics of sexuality. Yeah. Um, and, and I would say that some people just, you know, people are different and some people just don't have that spiritual mm. Um, have take you always had that spiritual feeling when, when you've been involved in sexuality? Has it always kind of been this profound connection? Well, you know, it's interesting. I, it, yes, but I wouldn't, I didn't know it was spiritual when I first encountered it. Like I just, mm. I just didn't think, I was just like, oh my God, I had this like cosmic experience. It's just kind of like, oh, that's like ordinary. I guess everybody gets that. And right. it's yeah, like, it didn't seem remarkable to, to me. And, uh, so it's only been through my work, which, you know, encountering Tantra that I've been like, oh, like there's, there's more to it than, yeah. than what I'm 
seeing or mm. just yeah. And is and Sequoia, our mutual friend Sequoia, is your mm. would you call him your mentor? Yeah, he's a mentor, partner, lover, nice. friend, um, spiritual friend. Awesome. Yeah. When did you first meet? So uh, he was basically my my window into this whole world, and we met about five years ago. Only five years? Yeah, it's been a, well, it's Can been about five and a half are? years. Um, I'm thirty three. Oh, we're both thirty three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thirty three. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great Eight. number. <laughs> yeah, I think three is the number of compassion. Okay, I like that compassionate yeah. year. Mm. Yeah. So you guys just met five five years ago. Yep. Five and a half years ago, and we, um, I met him through his his practice, his work. Men in Touch. Men in Touch. Dot org for the listeners. Men yep. in Touch dot org. And he definitely woke me up to this dimension because he he could meet me in that place. Like I feel like for a lot of times when I was just having sex with other men, it was kind of like. I was going into a place, but they they weren't, and so I would oftentimes either just feel like it wasn't appropriate to. Would you feel to, like you had to stifle yourself? Yeah, like not, you know, not stifle, but it just felt like it just didn't like feel. It was weird because you were going to this place, and then the partner that you were yeah, like, you like sense that they, they were, were kind of like done with me, like moving on, and so it's just not like you just can't be in an ecstatic state when the person's being like putting on their pants and like right, <laughs> you know, right. it's kind of like this is just kind of oh, like I have to come back to reality and like deal with this situation. But Sequoia was what could need me there. And and that's the beauty of spiritual work is mm-hmm. that it, when you have two people or more who are in the same space, it really resonates. And you can take that even further. So he was able to take me into states that I hadn't experienced before cool. because he he's just so familiar with all that. That's awesome. Are you able to separate ejaculation from orgasm? And yeah, does, does that I'm, play a role in, in altered state experiencing? Yeah, you know, I like ejaculation is a real fascinating topic for me because I think it's a very personal thing, and I think people have very complicated relationships to sexual energy, to ejaculation, and all that. Um, so I I tend not to fall into the camp of like saying like ejaculation, like you should avoid ejaculation right. or that. It's not a hard black or white thing. It's not a black or white thing, and so. So for me, I think, you know, obviously ejaculation can be a beautiful orgasmic experience. And it's just kind of like one type of beautiful orgasmic experience. And I there... heard that if you like massage your throat in a certain way, you can have a thyroid orgasm and you'll actually ejaculate like sort of a milky substance from your thyroid. Wow. I've never heard that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy who beautiful. does de-armoring. Oh, yeah. Body de-armoring. He does like anal, anal de-armoring and mouth de-armoring and, okay. and apparently he can wow. help you have orgasms wow. in different parts of your body. Wow. I can't remember his name, but his website is dearmor.me. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, he was just in town. I I missed his event, unfortunately. But what was his name? I can't remember. But dearmor.me. Okay. He's a friend of my friend Mahan Kalsa. I don't know if you know her. No. She used to run Yoga West, and um, she's a a, sex, a tantric healer as well, mm. um, and a fantastic yoga teacher. Mm. And yeah, so anyway, she told me about him. I just thought that was cool that you could have an orgasm out of your throat. Mm. Yeah, I mean, usually I. I mean, the different kinds of orgasm that are possible, I think, are in a way, um, they're less 
in a way, they're kind of less spectacular than ejaculatory orgasm. And it, just because that's usually our reference point, and so we're, when right. we're not having that experience, we're like, "Well, is this really orgasm?" It's like, mm. but I feel like the more we get comfortable with spirituality and meditation, and we start to really understand that there are these ecstatic spaces that don't necessarily involve like just Seem a complete everywhere. like like in 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 ejaculation it's just kind of like this it's like you're taking all this energy and you're moving all this energy within like a 10 second frame mm-hmm. and it's kind of like in non-ejaculatory orgasms the energy might release itself in like a minute or 5 minutes or mm. 10 minutes or an hour or whatever it is so it 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 is less of that sharp peak right um so a lot of times people kind of feel like they're missing out on so it's not as intense but it's more prolonged and subtle it is it it can still be quite intense but it's it's i think a lot of it has to do also with how comfortable people are around just expression in general like ultimately like ejaculation is just your sexual energy expressing itself, right? In that very, in the second chakra. But it's like, if we allow that energy to move into different chakras, the sexual energy can express itself in different ways. I see. And so it's like, you know, sometimes it can come out as sound, right? Like Mm -hmm. for me, that's what a throat orgasm is. It's just like, you can channel this blissful Mm -hmm. experience through Mm -hmm. voice and sound and and creating pleasure through that. And, you know, there's all sorts of different things, like channeling that energy into, like, visualizations and Mm. kind of altered states of consciousness, kind of entering into different dimensions, so to speak, or, like, compassion or love, loving kindness. All these are different kind of possibilities. That's cool. I think for me, it's like, you know, like, all the spiritual work I've done in the past really informs it because when you've done a lot of spiritual work, you start to realize that like the deepest purpose of life is not for a momentary experience of pleasure. Like, I mean, whatever, that's nice. It's beautiful to have that, but that's not the ultimate thing. It's like, ultimately, Mm -hmm. this is about really like coming into your heart, sharing loving kindness with other people, healing this the, the suffering in the world essentially mm, mm. and so when you when you really come to know that deeply on the not just intellectually but you've actually come to know that on a really bodily mm. level then when you start to channel sexual energy into these other states you actually realize in a way that it is more profound like it is mm. because you're not it's not just this momentary experience of pleasure it's like you're tapping into this energetic channel where you're just like it's it's just beautiful you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you know it's i think that's why a lot of times tantra in general like is like i come from the tibetan buddhist tradition of tantra and it's it's kind of a very secretive tradition because Mm -hmm. there is this common understanding that it's it's almost such a powerful methodology and for a lot of folks um you know, they won't get it or they'll misunderstand it. And I think that's the biggest um, trap or Mm. obstacle with tantric work is like Mm. sometimes we mistake the path for the goal. Mm. Mm. And sometimes people get so caught up in the path because, of course, sexual energy is so 
it has an addictive quality to it and it's right. so like powerful and alluring and there's uh -huh. this beauty in the in the game of sh sharing sexual energy with different people in different ways mm -hmm. and it's like it can just be and there's nothing wrong with it per se intoxicating but it's like but it's like what is the ultimate purpose here like what is this ultimately about yeah what is it all about that well I mean Tantra is totally situated in the tradition of yoga and meditation and so yeah. it's the exact same goal which for me is all around freedom liberation yeah it's all well it's about I mean there's in Buddhism there's kind of like three kind of stages or paths the first stage is around personal liberation mm -hmm. so freedom from one's own suffering which is like the stage of the arhat or like um and then there's like the bodhisattva, which mm -hmm. is then now that you've gained your personal liberation to start to share that energy with the world and starting yes. to, to uh, be an awakened warrior. Mm -hmm. And then the third stage is to not only have that loving intention, but also developing the skillful means around and working with um, powerful energies, which could be like sexual energy or it could be other stuff. Mm. And really starting to channel that so you're, you're in a way becoming more powerful so to speak right that's cool so but i think you know again for a lot of folks who come into tantra without having done much spiritual work at all it can be it's not a harmful experience i don't think it's like going to be a negative experience for people but it's just kind of like they might not fully understand its full potential right which is you know it's fair people just are on their paths they're on their paths and They'll, they'll open to what they're ready to open to. and Exactly. Yeah. And it's a little taste better than nothing. and Exactly. Might open something or plant a seed for a future, more deeper dive. Totally. What is it that you do during one of your healing sessions, or are they quite diverse? Yeah, you know, in general, I would say that I... Um, I've had one with Sequoia. It was like a sort of a tantric massage, which was very... Right. sort of chakra balancing I felt mm -hmm. I would say like there's three main components to this massage experience the first is around meditative awareness nice. so that's really what the what the person on the table is bringing to the experience because how they are holding their awareness mm -hmm. has a profound effect mm -hmm. on what experience they'll have and so I always encourage people to you know just basically the basics of meditation, really coming into the present moment, starting to, under, starting to notice the subtle sensations inside the body. And then the second thing, of course, is that there's the massage. Mm -hmm. So the massage itself is offering a lot of full body touch, um, including the genitals, but not focusing on the genitals mm -hmm. in the way that normally we would in sex. Do you do anal massage? Occasionally, yeah, mm -hmm. with some clients, yeah. Um, if they request it. And, and is that like prostate stimulation? Yeah, mostly prostate. Um, and is that, I guess the prostate would be associated with the second chakra? Or maybe like... It is, yeah. I, yeah? Creativity. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, I, it's definitely like a more yin form of second chakra mm. energy, whereas mm. the penis is, of course, more, the more yang. yang. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, both are fantastic. Cool. But yeah, so offering full body touch and then, um, and that's really all around just kind of like getting energy moving through the body. And then the third major component is breath work. Nice. So having people, um, you know, it depends on the person's familiarity with breath work. But for some folks, it's just breathing deeply 
every once in a while because people forget to breathe when they're engaging in sexual energy. Right. Or anything. <laughs> but, you know, especially when it comes to sex, especially men, because we have this tendency to um, tense up around sexual energy, especially when we're getting into high energy states with a lot of arousal. Because most men know that if they want to ejaculate, one way to do that is to hold the breath. And mm. so that's just kind of our natural reaction Even when we start getting really close. Yeah, in this culture, because, you know, as, as we're kids, we're trying to hide when we're masturbating, doing totally. quickly, things of that nature. Totally. So, you know, just getting people breathing for a lot of folks is just really mm. revolutionary. Step, yeah. But then for some folks, I do more specific guided breath work, which is kind of based around... Um, some tantric stuff I've learned and Mantak Chia's um, oh, yeah, Taoist Chia. um, methodology. So basically learning how to move energy up and down the spine mm -hmm. using breath. And my, my, the whole idea behind these three things is that we, we, I'm guiding people into a high energy state mm -hmm. where we're really inviting a lot of arousal mm -hmm. um, and we're learning to spread that out. But people kind of after doing this for a while, get into these kind of ecstatic altered states where their body is shaking, they're kind of like having just weird sensations like vibrations or cool. tinglings or whatever it is in their body. People are, uh, generally not all, but some people really start to let out more sound and start to mm -hmm. access that. and. And, uh, and then again, with people who are more comfortable, I might start to lead them into visualizations, like starting to share that pleasure and that love with other beings. Cool. Um, uh, but the idea being around the whole thing, regardless, like there's a spectrum for sure, but the whole idea being that really starting to learn how to, how to be in that high energy state of sexuality, like for, like for most men especially, because it's like kind of like, most men will have ejaculation as part of their sexual experience. So really it's like maybe the few minutes before ejaculation, they're in this really high energy state. Right. And it's just like with any altered states, like in meditation or yoga or breath work, it's like it's important to be able to hang out somewhere because there's yes. actually a real usefulness in like just exploring a space. Yes. And, you know, if it's, if it's just this momentary journey. experience, you kind of like, you're like, wow, that was amazing. I don't know what it was. It just happened and then it's over and now it's yeah. gone. But it's kind of like, okay, let's actually hang out here and get familiar with this. Like, what is this? Like, what is, what are you actually experiencing yeah. here? And for a lot of guys, that's just totally brand new. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would, wouldn't you say for, for the preponderance of people in our, in our society in this day and age, I believe that there was a time when people were more in tune with their sexual energy mm. and more adept at staying in those high states and totally. sexuality state. I wonder about, you know, what was it like in ancient Greece? Mm. You know, what was it like in Edo, Japan? What mm. was it like in societies we maybe have no idea about? Totally. Um, and actually, I was, yeah. interestingly enough, I have a friend in Seattle who I've never really heard much about the sexual teachings of, like, Native American yeah. cultures. And he started um, just exposing me to some of this stuff and it's, they're called the Kadoshkas. Kadoshkas? I, yeah, something around that. And I'm, I don't know, I haven't done like a lot of research into it yet because he just introduced this to me like last week. Uh -huh. But it's fascinating to me and he, he talked about this 
um, one of their one of the teachings is around the wheel of hungers. Mm. So we tend to view sexual hunger as just this one monolithic thing, but actually, there's all kinds of different hungers and and learn and the idea behind this wheel is that we can start to balance these different cool. energies because most of us actually end up only uh, focusing on maybe one two or three slices of this wheel and so some of the and is these, it all sexual based yeah they're all sexual hungers so I, I, wow. again, I don't remember all of them but some of them just off the top of my head is like uh, fulfilling fantasies as uh-huh. one self-pleasure as another uh Boundary pushing, walking the edge of of sexual pleasure, pain, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there's uh, kind of like uh, sexual comfort food, which is kind of like your standard fare, like uh-huh. this kind of like you know everything. It's totally safe. <laughs> it's like <laughs> you know some of that's good fun. It's good every once in a while, right? Um, and then there's. Yeah, those are the four that I remember off the top of my head. But, cool. But I can, if I don't know if you have a little yeah, thing, I, would, I could send you the link. And send me the link, and like, then I can put it in the show put notes. Put it in the show, yeah. That'd be awesome. Um, I had a question, but I forgot, but I have another one. Um, do you see um, sexuality as almost like a nutrient that people need, and perhaps we're deprived of it as a society? Um, I would say, you know, it's like... I don't know if I would use the metaphor nutrient. I would mm-hmm. say more that it's kind of like, for me, it's like this energy that's kind of like almost permeating everything. It's kind of like mm-hmm. very intimately linked with life force. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think a lot of, it's not just our society. I think it's very much the whole colonial framework mm-hmm. is really built on the repression of sexuality. Yes, now why is that? I think, you know, in a way, I think, like, like you just look at how the colonial project has been so, you know, in a way, it's been so successful. Like, the fact yes. that, the fact that it's, yeah. it's been able to penetrate almost every society and, you know, and some people definitely fought it, like, and are still fighting it, and, but, you know, let's be honest, that, like, a large portion of the world right now is in the colonial mindset and they don't even know they're in the colonial mindset and mm-hmm. they accept it completely without even thinking about it, right? Right. So, right. you know, the question is then, how? How has it been so successful? <laughs> right? Like, and, you know, it's almost on the level of brainwashing, right? So it's mm-hmm. like, how do you brainwash somebody? Mm-hmm. And sexuality is one of the best ways of doing that and controlling people's sexuality is one of the most profound ways of energetically keeping people into a cage. And so I think ultimately what the the demonization of sexuality is is about is cutting us off from our body. Because sexual energy, you know, we all have bodily urges like hunger and needing to pee and, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, breathing and all these things. But there's something about sexual energy that is incredibly wild. Mm. Like breath is more steady. Hunger is kind of more like earthy. You know, there's all, they all have a different quality to them. But, but yeah, sexuality has this primal, wild, spontaneous 
totally unpredictable, fiery energy to it. Mm. And so if, if you cut people off from that, you're cutting them off from that which is wild and spontaneous and free within them, right? And so it's kind of like, what is colonialism? Is it's like, it's all around this like, you know, you need to cut your, you need to just work through this grind. You need to like, you know, it's totally about comfort orientation where everything is just steady. You don't want anything to disrupt you. You wouldn't want to have to deal with any little surprises or whatever. Like this whole world is in a way built around this paradigm of of safety and you know this very limited notion of safety it's uh-huh. like oh like i need to have my home and my car and i need to have my you know box like, living yeah it's from the box like, of your car to the box of your cubicle to the watching the tv box exactly and it's all just so and i think so many people are hungering for more you know they want that freedom that that sense of feeling like they're really truly alive and, fr- and just in touch with their energy and that's what sexuality offers they feel like the more that i've come in contact with my sexual energy i honestly you know before i used to kind of like get into these depressions where i'd be like oh life is just kind of like so boring and meaningless it's just kind of like so humdrum and and now it's like working with sexual energy it's such a dynamic energy that it really does not feel and it's not like I'm always having sex. Like, it's not like that. But it's just like, you know... Helping awaken people to their sexuality. Exactly. It just kind of, like, wakes you up to a certain degree. Like, it's, like, that's what sexuality is. It's, like, it's waking up energy. It's, like, you... Like, and that's what I always tell my clients is, like, you know, just regular, ordinary sex. It's, like, you don't need to be a meditation master. You don't need to, to know anything about yoga or breath work or mindfulness or anything. Sex, you forget about work. You forget about what's for dinner. You forget about, you know, <laughs> all these, you know, mundane realities. You just naturally do exactly what, right. um, you know, and meditation and yoga do. is all about. <laughs> exactly. It's just yeah. like it brings you right into the present moment. You're fully alive in that moment, assuming that your sexual encounter is consensual and, Uh you know, feeling good for you. But if you are down with it, then it's like it's 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 the situation which you're feeling you're connected to your aliveness. You're totally in the present moment. You're in your senses. You're you're noticing exactly how your body's feeling, how your partner's body's feeling, what's going on. You know, it's just and so it's like what could be more. What what could be a more obvious path to the the spiritual insights of meditation and yoga than sexual energy? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's the thing because I've been studying uh, Kundalini yoga and I love it, Mm. but the training was very sort of um, like sometimes we would be doing these careers and I'd feel sexual energy and it would feel mm. amazing. Like I could potentially have an orgasm on my mat, mm. but they never addressed like what to do. Mm. It was like, no, take that sexual energy, bring it up from the lower three chakras, transmute it mm-hmm. to nourish the higher glands and your intuition and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, but sometimes it feels good to also mm. acknowledge it and kind of feel the primal. It's like being primal yet connected to something more. Totally. Is I think the most delicious experience that totally. I've, I've had in Kundalini. And then I started practicing Buddhist mindfulness. So I went on a silent retreat. Mm-hmm. And again, it was very like, 
they didn't address sexual energy at all. It was just yep. like walking meditations and you know observing the breath. And then mm-hmm. I did a mindfulness-based stress reduction, which is John mm-hmm. Kabat-Zinn. Mm-hmm. And in that teacher training, it was very, um, you know, okay, we're doing a body scan. Okay, now we're coming to the pelvis. Many people have you know concerns of the pelvis. It can be quite uncomfortable. If you do notice any arousal, just breathe through it and take your attention off it and mm. bring your attention to your elbow or something else. Like, it was, like, <laughs> well, it was yeah. so colonialist. Yeah. And even the woman who was teaching it, bless her heart, she was amazing, but she's had this British accent. She said, you know, if you do start to get aroused, you know, just focus on your knee or something else. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, that's no fun. <laughs> and I was thinking like, gosh. You know, I, 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 celibacy is this really interesting thing because I actually spent two years in a Buddhist monastery. And you're being where celibate? It was celibate. And, uh, and I... Well, how old were you when you did that? I was 24 to 26. Oh, so you would have been like pretty horny. <laughs> I was, you know, it, it was interesting. I was, I was horny, but I also, you know, I, I was also like, so what I want to say about celibacy is that mm-hmm. there's, there is a usefulness to um, to you know l- learning to let not, go not of getting sexual hooked energy. Into sexuality. Like there's something powerful about letting go of sexual energy. Sometimes you know, mm-hmm. not that you have to do it forever, but it's yeah. like for a certain period, you know, whether that's you're committing to a day or a month or a year or mm-hmm. you know, um, but it's like for me and and. What I found really profound, what I really liked about the monastery I was at, which was Gampo Abbey, the Shambhala Monastery. Oh, in which, Nova Scotia? In Nova Scotia. And oh, with like where Pema Chodron is? Exactly, yeah. Whoa, that's like hardcore, dude. Yeah. How did you get in there? I just wanted to meditate a lot, so I like searched online, where can I go? And I found Gampo Abbey. And did I, you meet Pema? I did, yeah. Wow. I did. Um, that's pretty awesome. She doesn't live there permanently. Mm. She lives in uh, the Bay Area but she does winters, winter retreats at mm-hmm. Camp Hobby. I don't know anymore. Cool. Mm-hmm. She, she's getting like, she's like she's 85 or 86 oh, wow. now, so she's pretty old. Wow. And Gampo Abbey is very harsh, <laughs> the like winters the there. Yeah. Wow. But anyways, all that to say that um, she used to do winter retreats there. Mm-hmm. And so, but one of the things that I loved about um, her teaching around sexual energy, because she's a nun and so is, is so she's permanently celibate, um, and so their teaching was when you feel sexual energy arising, don't try to stop it. Don't, don't, don't even try to avoid it or like mm-hmm. distract yourself, but also don't notice when you're feeding it, like kind of like when you're egging it on, you know, mm. so to speak, you're like, you're milking it? I like it. Oh, and I'm going to build, and I'm going to like, and I'm going to pursue this further. And I, Oh, and now this next fantasy. And then, Oh, and then, like, you know, then it's like, of right. course you, you know, when you're meditating, you can see yourself go on these trains of thought. Right. And so her teaching was just be completely with it. And, um, let me remember now. She basically said, imagine that you're sharing it with the whole world. That you're, that you're with the sexual experience, yeah. uh, the fantasy or the feeling, and you're sharing the feeling with the whole world. Exactly. And it was oh, really nice. profound oh, because it, oh, it allows came you... came out as you said that. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yeah it really, it was fascinating because it... Um... <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> it allows, like, it's ultimately like energy, ultimately, whatever kind of energy it is, right? Mm-hmm. 
energy just needs to express itself, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just like, that's just the nature, the law of energy is yes. like energy. Like if you repress it, it's like not gonna, it's not gonna move. Energy mm -hmm. needs to move. That's like, right. and so the nice thing about that practice is it's not trying to repress it. It's not trying mm -hmm. to, I like to that. cut it off. It's just like, yeah, express it. it express but it. you don't have to express it with, you know, sticking your heart on in a hole, in a you hole, know, like it's yeah. just like, express it, just by express it. it by feeling it like like i i like to think that i'm like that the pleasure i'm feeling in my body is just radiating out like just like mm -hmm. a like a element on an uh, in an oven yeah. or something like something that's red hot and it's just like you can just yeah. feel the heat pouring out from yeah. it and it just it has this really delicious kind of orgasmic quality to it yeah and yeah i want more of that <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah i think that's a really great way to to frame it all and you know it's something yeah. that like ultimately like i think the reason why in these like you were talking about your meditation <laughs> experiences is ultimately because you know some people are uncomfortable you know like if especially with men when we get aroused it shows on our body really vivid like explicitly mm -hmm. right and then other people get uncomfortable with that because which is fair you know of course like you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable if mm -hmm. Why do, are, that's always been a question of mine. Why do people get uncomfortable when other people are aroused? Well, you know, I uh, I can't speak for everybody. I'm jealous. sure there's a lot of <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, but I can understand from, you know, from especially from some women's point of view where if they have faced sexual violence, right. and, you know, yeah. they were forced to do, do something, they do something that they do. didn't want to do, you know? So then yeah. again, it's kind of like, well, here I am in this space where I'm, you know, healing and I'm wanting to feel safe. And then if suddenly like the person next to me is like you, yeah. feeling aroused and then is like, you know, and again, I mean, ultimately as they heal, hopefully they'll be able to let go of that. But, you right. know, right. we're not all there. Right. So it's like, okay. I can't necessarily express my sexual energy with, you know, er erection or self-touch or ma making sounds of pleasure like, oh, yes, mm, yes. But it's like there are energetic ways of expressing energy mm. that are more subtle and so, which might be more appropriate in right. some settings. Very cool. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's... it's Again, it's like like I was saying before, it's just like the more you you get in tune with your own sexual energy and you start to to work with others, the more you start to see how this stuff just penetrates. It's like always happening. It's always bubbling. Like people are mm. unconsciously always aware of sexual attractions, sexual um, attacks. Sometimes people feel attacked sexually, and that's it's constantly mm. playing into how we view people, view strangers, mm -hmm. whether we feel safe or we feel threatened. Right. You know, it's like we're constantly. You know, it's just like it's one of our chakras. It's like one of our right. layers of being, and it's it's always from. You know, it's always there. Right. But the question is whether we want to be aware of it or not. Right. What are some ways of becoming more aware of your of your sexuality? Well, you know, again, I think that's you know part of the the tendency around, especially around male sexuality, is um, you know the the quick 
sexual experience and the quick ejaculation mm. is in a way an expression of the discomfort. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh my god, like I really like this, but like, oh, this is just too much. I don't, I don't know what to do with it. And this is just kind of mm. like, ah, like what do I do with all this energy? And, and then it's out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, thank god I got that over <laughs> with. Like, geez. And then of course, it's just, you're going to go through that cycle thousands of times, yeah. never really addressing like the basic question of like, what is this? What is this energy? How do I work with it? That's what I found with like, I used to go into Grinder, and I found that it was very transactional. And I'd always want to like have a bath with them after or something. They're like, "What? You you want to like hang out?" I'm like, "Yeah, like let's just like chill and like mush, shampoo each other's hair or something. I'd do something together." Yeah. Like, "Oh, it's not. I have to go." You know, like. Yeah. So yeah, so I had to I had to stop I had to stop going on to to those dating apps. You know, mm-hmm. and, and and it's funny since I stopped doing that, I've met more people in real life, mm. men and women in in different sort of intimate ways, and that's been mm. quite satisfying and, yes. and growth promoting yeah yeah no. what do you think about you know uh, grinder and, and spaces like that and how that relates to the quickness of yeah people again i think it's important to like recognize that we're not putting a moral judgment on any of no. this this is all about skillfulness and that's so, a good word yeah you know it's like yeah those they can quick sexual experiences can actually be really can be really hot for some people some right. people are really turned really on by it, that. yeah some people love the, the idea of something being transactional right like they, that's what gets them going and right. so it's like that yeah um, there's nothing wrong with that you know these are again this is like going back to those different kadoshkas the wheel uh-huh. of hunger it's like yeah like there is a part of us that like has this fantasy to like get fucked by a stranger blindfolded or mm-hmm. you know like uh-huh. whatever like that's and if that's your fantasy then you know there's nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. But again, it's it's a matter of um, do I feel like I'm um, unconsciously playing out a certain pattern over and over again because I just I don't know what else is possible. Yeah, yeah. Or am I actively making a choice like right now, given my sexual energy and you know the time that I have and the, this person who their energy and their desires, you know what is appropriate, you know whatever. It could be mm-hmm. something like a grinder hookup. But um, I think ultimately, you know, we all do need at least some portion of our sexual energy devoted to these spaces that are more exploratory, less transactional, um, spaces that are open-ended. Um, and, you know, and, it, and they could be with oneself, like mm. self-pleasuring is a beautiful way of exploring one's sexual energy, and, or it could be with somebody else. Mm. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's what I would say. So I think ultimately, you know, and, I, and I've had both experiences on Grindr and have mm. enjoyed both experiences, so I think it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. not like, yeah. um, you know, but it's, it's ultimately a matter of, I think it's a very personal decision. Like, you totally. know, we all have to ask ourselves, like, is this really feeding me on the, on the deepest level, you know? Right. And sometimes, you know, we're okay with something more superficial, but if mm-hmm. you're just doing that, 
over and, and you over don't know and anything else. Again. And it's, and yeah, you don't it's know. not truly feeding your soul. It's not really feeding you. And yeah. it's kind of like, you know, we at Men in Touch, we often make the, the metaphor of fast food versus gourmet. Right. It's like, yeah, like fast food every once in a while. Sure, it's, it's delicious. Fine. You just scarf it down. And, you uh-huh. know, but are there a lot of calories that are, are there, is there a lot of nourishment in that food? Right, nourishment. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, yeah, yeah. So just like focus also on the gourmet. You need yes. to make a nice, meal for yourself <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> what are some self-pleasure techniques that you've used that have been beneficial do you have like a self-pleasure practice or you know interestingly enough i was actually i was just doing that wheel of hunger exercise with i was i was just pleasuring myself <laughs> <laughs> and solo pleasure is actually one of the the things that i do very little of just because my um um Partly because I do so much work with folks. You know, I'm constantly working with clients. And so it's like I spend a lot of time in that sexual energetic space already. Mm -hmm. So then to devote more of my personal time to, again, being in that space sometimes just feels like it's like too much. Right. So I I don't do as much self-pleasuring as I, um, you know, like I... There's definitely something really unique and beautiful about self-pleasuring, and I, and I, and I actually do want to do it more. But, um, but what I do like to do when I'm self-pleasuring is, uh, and this is more like the practice in the multi-orgasmic man by Mantak Chia, oh, yeah. is around learning to breathe sexual energy up. So, you know, my sexuality, like my, and this is just the way I've been like since a kid, I can ejaculate very easily. I can ejaculate like pretty much on demand. It's like wow. if I need to ejaculate in a minute, I can do that if I want to. And if I, you know, of course I can go longer hey, than go. that. Hey, go. Come on. Get, ev- right get ready, everybody. <laughs> Let's do it. Take a picture for Instagram. It'll get taken down after like five seconds. We'll do it. <laughs> so, you know, that's just been like my, that's like kind of my set point. Uh-huh. So for me, getting to my edge is really easy. Mm. And so, of course, then I like playing with that edge and, mm. you know, just learning to ride that edge and learning how to breathe that energy up to kind of like prolong that state because mm-hmm. the edge is a really delicious place to be. Yeah. So you bring it up like into your heart, into your third eye. Yeah. You know, like basically this, the pra- like to simplify the, the practice, it's essentially you squeeze the, the mula bandha, right. so which anus, is like the like anus and the, and the urethra. Squeeze um, your urethra. Like, like that muscle that prevents you from peeing. Oh, like the um, Kegel muscles. Exactly. Yeah. I was thinking like the tip of the penis was like, I no, no, no. can do that. <laughs> the urethra goes all the way down. Right. To... <laughs> so yeah, you're just basically squeezing those muscles. And what that does on the biological level is it mm-hmm. squeezes blood out of the pelvis. Right. And so basically in sexual situations, um, whether you're, you know, have a penis or a vagina, blood pools in the pelvis, mm-hmm. the more aroused we become. And that blood tends to go there and... If we're not working with it, it tends to just sit there and gets a little stagnant, mm-hmm. which is why a lot of folks just kind of feel like it literally is this sense of pressure. It's kind of like, oh my God, the pressure is building up and I just don't know. It's, and it's just stuck there. And so it has to come out as ejaculation. Right. So when we squeeze the pelvis, we're literally forcing blood out. And that blood is really uh, nourished by the, the sexual hormones that are being released by 
your mm. prostate and other glands in that area. Huh. And so then you're actually moving that blood through your system so that your whole body starts to feel that sexual energy. Oh, so yeah. literally is a biological thing. Interesting. And so basically when we, when we squeeze, generally speaking in this practice, when you squeeze, you're squeezing on the inhale. So you're imagining that that energy is coming up your spine, right mm -hmm. to the top of the head on the inhale. Mm -hmm. And then you relax the muscles and you let that energy kind of sink back down on the exhale. Interesting. And I mean, for some guys, like that's just a technique that allows them to delay ejaculation. Mm -hmm. um, but if we really are more in tune energetically, it actually can start to create and at least in this book what they um they say that orgasm is for men is not ejaculation it's it's the repeated pulsing it's like mm. there's this pulsing that happens that pumps the semen out yeah and that's really where the pleasure is like right, the pulsing. semen of course is just a liquid that's not what's creating the pleasure right right so it's it's this pumping this rhythm rhythmic pumping that is creating the pleasure and so essentially when you're squeezing your pelvis mm -hmm. muscles you're in a way reenacting the same thing that happens involuntarily during oh. ejaculation and so so you're doing that and if you do this enough um, again you're kind of like training your muscles and you can start to induce that same involuntary pumping without ejaculation mm. And, and it's kind of this very orgasmic, pleasurable state because oh. you're like, oh, like something's going on and it's right. not ejaculation. So you're kind of <laughs> squeezing and releasing your mula band. Exactly. And yeah. then eventually that can cause it to sort of pulse on its own. Yeah, exactly. So there's, that's I mean, even way. to be quite honest, like I've, I've not um, had that happen that I, it starts to involuntarily pulse, uh, pulse on its own. But even just the um, but even just it. voluntarily doing it is really pleasurable. Yeah, and so you can do it with the breath up and down, or you can just just squeeze and release very quickly. Like, and you're giving your prostate a massage, right? Literally, ah. it's just it's it's a prostate. When you massage. squeeze, you're getting yourself. Oh, that's good to know. So, so that probably helps with you know preventing prostate cancer and stuff. Get the juices flowing down there. Exactly. Yep. And what I found is interesting is, like evolutionarily maybe like men are supposed to like have a penis mm. in their butt now and then because mm. like the prostate it feels mm. so good so good to have <laughs> it massaged right yep. and the only way to get to it uh in a man's anus is either through a finger or another man's penis yep. so well I mean, yes uh, and no. no so um there are ways of accessing it externally not oh, as yeah. direct but you're you're going through layers of muscle and skin of course right but uh, so in. But I guess I'm I'm trying to prove that maybe anal sex is is um is something that men have done with each other for a long time. Oh yeah. You know you I, hear that homophobic yeah. sort of exit only. It's like well, if it is an exit only point, then why does it feel so good? Oh totally. For the prostate to be stimulated with a finger or a penis. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know having said that, like even for folks who don't like to bottom. Um, when you're ejaculating and you're having that involuntary pulsing, you're getting a prostate massage. So that pleasure that you have during, even when you're topping or you're uh -huh. fucking, like you're, you're, you're having a penis orgasm, uh -huh. is still intimately connected with your prostate. With your so prostate, it's kind of like, right. sometimes some guys think like, oh, like, no, my prostate doesn't 
have pleasure, but it's like, it's like that's, you're that's antithetical to <laughs> to the whole process of yeah. ejaculation. <laughs> I have a question for you. How come the pituitary gland mm. looks like a scrotum, mm. and it controls the scrotum? Mm. I have no idea. Not heard that. Yeah, like Do you I was know anything watching, about it? Or? No, I just was looking at pictures of the pituitary gland. Mm in the kundalini training and it's like mm. an inch and a half in between the eyebrows and mm. the brain mm. and it's like it looks like a ball sack mm. and then like one of its functions is to control the testes mm. so i just thought that's interesting it's almost like you know how different parts of the brain control different organs mm-hmm. um i just thought it was interesting that the part of the brain that controls the testicles looks it kind of mirrors it mm. which is kind of interesting i just thought that was interesting yeah and when i gaze at my third eye it can yep. be quite pleasurable yeah and you like roll your eyes up and even if you're having sex like sometimes you involuntarily roll your eyes up yep. and in kundalini we're instructed to often gaze at the third eye and do these long breath holds so you'll be doing like a spinal flexion for mm-hmm. three minutes and inhale squeeze the anus sex mm. organ navel point pull the chin in, get the kundalini energy so now i'm understanding mm. what you just said is like it's just been bathed that blood has been bathed in yep. sexual hormones and then you're bringing those up to your brain exactly yep. so basically you're learning how to get high on your own supply exactly i mean that's <laughs> <laughs> would you say that's, that's kind of like what you do in tantra and with your clients in different way like with massage and stuff Yeah, I mean, of course, like, massage, I mean, massage has many functions, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it just relaxes people, of course. Mm -hmm. Like, just if you get a regular massage, it's relaxing. Mm -hmm. Um, It, Of course, it gets your blood flowing, Mm -hmm. just because, you know, most people don't don't do self-massage, so blood just tends to get stagnant in, right. in tissues. And most people have stagnant lifestyles. Yeah, stagnant lifestyles. So, Do most of your clients, like, is it come by the end of it, have an uh, ejaculatory orgasm? Yeah, you know, it's, I, I kind of, like, leave it up to people, although, you know, sometimes I'm reading people's energy and I kind of mm-hmm. know one way or another. But, uh, but you know, sometimes I'm kind of like, they kind of seem... Like they could go either way, and mm-hmm. and so I'll just check in with them and be like, what is what feels appropriate? And I again, I kind of like I try to really make it clear that there's no moral good and bad, right or wrong. It's mm-hmm. really about ex- exploring. So I just mm-hmm. invite people. You know, I say like, if if ejaculation is always part of your repertoire, then just consider trying not doing it and seeing how that might feel different for you. Yeah. Um, other times, um, other times, you know people will get a clear message, you know. Mm-hmm. It depends also on people's background. Like, I guess, yeah, like, my metaphor for sexual energy is, like, we all have this cup within mm-hmm. us, this metaphorical cup, and it's kind of like how big our cup is is how much sexual energy we can hold. And so and you that fill cup that cup. In your in your pelvic bowl, or it's just a cup? A it's general, just a metaphor. A general metaphorical cup, okay. But it's kind of like the idea being that you can fill your cup up, but if you, you know, if you fill it up too much, then eventually it, it spills it over. over yeah. So it's kind of like this work is all about expanding our cup. Ah, so that like making the cup bigger, making the cup bigger, so that oh, we like can that. we can hold more sexual energy in our body without having to spill having that. Luge. So it's kind of like like that's for me what ejaculation kind of is, and you know obviously we all ejaculate like most men ejaculate, um, and so it's you know nothing bad about it, but it's kind of like really coming to know one's own energy and being like, where am I right now? You know if there's if there's a lot of energy in the body, then sure, like ejaculate. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful experience. It's a beautiful expression of one's energy. And I like to think of it as a gift. You know, you're giving away your energy, and it's 
and you know I, I can attest I can attest to the fact that it's beautiful to watch another man ejaculate or to you know to see him go through that experience so it really is a gift uh-huh. and then and you do the 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 Abby thing of imagining you're sharing that energy with the whole world totally yeah but it, but it's also like you know on some level it's like when you give a gift you're you have to give something up like you're giving it away you're giving away your sexual energy and again it's kind of like if you're always giving away your sexual energy then that's out of balance right. you need to also learn like when is this when is it appropriate for me to give this gift mm-hmm. you know and and how many gifts do i have to give, to give right <laughs> right yeah because because the taoists believe that like you only have so many ejaculations and that it right. can shorten your lifespan. I don't know if that's yep. true or not. I don't know. Like, is it like how women only have so many eggs? I don't know. Mm. How, how long have you gone without ejaculating? Well, I mean, that? like that time at, at Gampo Abbey was the longest time. Oh, you didn't ejaculate for two years? Well, I, you, I mean, your body so gives like you dreams. spontaneous emissions at night. So, right. um, so barring those, um, it was about a year and a half wow. that I went without... And like you did not touch your genitals. Um, no, I probably touched them. I mean, right, like, but but it was, and I definitely. Were you guys erections. instructed not to masturbate? Yeah, yeah. There was no oh. masturbation. So I see. So when the energy comes up, enjoy it, but don't touch it. Just allow it. Like if a boner happens, a boner happens. Totally. Yeah. I see. Very so, cool. So yeah, I mean, I think so. Ultimately, some clients will ejaculate, and and some of them, you know, that's just their that's just their reference point and some of them will just not get right that there's something beyond that right. which is fair you know whatever it's not like the worst thing in the world to ejaculate yeah <laughs> you know totally. and at the same time <laughs> it's like um some guys really start to get it and they start uh-huh. to realize that like we have a choice we have uh-huh. agency in this matter yeah. have you ever worked with women or trans people I've not, you know, although I am um, totally open to the idea, but the, it's partly a marketing thing because my my website is called Gay Massage Vancouver. So oh, it's I kind see. of so very oriented yeah, towards yeah. men, which is has been brilliant for marketing because mm-hmm. I have no shortage of clients and I've just been kind of inundated with wow. business ever since I started. How long have you been doing it? I've uh, been offering for about almost... Four years now. Nice. Yeah, that's a great website name. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's great because you know just a lot of men want. They don't even necessarily know that they want a tantric massage, but they just know that they want another man massaging them. Mm-hmm. So they'll go on the internet and just search like, well, how do I know that I'm going to get a man massaging me? As you know, then you, it's a gay massage or it's a male massage or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, Google. Oh, almost all my clients come to me through Google, so somehow oh. it's a great URL. And and so, like but it's limiting. It is limiting because yeah. I, you know, I'm sure there are trans folks or mm-hmm. women out there who are like, oh no, then he wouldn't want to. He wouldn't want to touch me. And then, have you uh, been with a woman or trans person before sexually? I have, in but not extensively. Mm-hmm. It's been. Would you call yourself more homo flexible? You know, I would say, like, my experiences with women um, have been, I don't get a lot of sexual arousal out of those experiences, but I am, um, 
I'm I am fascinated by sexuality, and mm -hmm. so just to experience this whole other way of generating sexual energy, moving sexual energy, experiencing it, it's just it's it is fascinating to me. So um, I find it so cool when women quiver and mm. have, like their bodies quiver mm. uh, when, when you're giving them pleasure. Mm. You know, you can be pleasuring their their clitoris, for example, and then their their whole bodies can start to shake mm -hmm. and and they make beautiful sounds and it's totally. really it's really cute and nice. And what I've realized is men can do that too. Mm. Like mm. men can have this sort of quivering kind of orgasm as you alluded to earlier totally which is yeah. a completely different sensation um than the ejaculatory orgasm yeah. exactly yeah is there any way that you in are able to induce a quivering orgasm in a male mm. or does it kind of just no. happen through i generally speaking my work is like i'm not you're not trying to get them to have a certain yeah, orgasm. Yeah, I'm not. I'm yeah. You're There's less of an agenda. It's kind of like right. I'm trusting that the energy will express itself as it needs to. Yeah. Um, so so I just again I just get people breathing and get them mm -hmm. if 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 they are if I get the sense that they're capable, I'll have them do pelvic squeezing as well, and mm -hmm. and then whatever happens, kind of happens. Cool. Do you have like? Because most of your clients are from Google, do you, have you ever had any like weird experiences, or is there a certain screening process that you utilize? Yeah, you know, I generally speaking, my website is pretty good at weeding people out because usually if they spend any time at all on my website, then they kind of get a sense that no, this is not what I want. If if they're just looking for something really, right. you know, superficial. Um, so, but, you know, I can oftentimes get a sense of people just through their communication with me. Mm -hmm. um, so I've had, I've had a few bad, ex not, not bad experiences, but just experiences where it was like, clearly this person wants something that I'm not interested in offering. Right. And, um, and so then, you know, it's just like a matter of like, negotiating boundaries and mm -hmm. making sure that they're clear that... What's appropriate, what's not appropriate, and right. and then it's their choice if they want to continue seeing me. Cool, That's but awesome. I've never. I've. It's interesting because I thought when I first started that you know it's kind of like it's a little bit dangerous. Like you know you're inviting random strangers into your home, and there's this the sexual element kind of just puts the whole thing a little bit underground and all that. And so, but I've been really amazed that I've never felt physically uh, threatened. Hmm. Um, so only, only one time did I have a guy who kind of started trying to dominate me, but it's kind of like... Um, you just said, hey. It was just like, yeah. we. Uh, yeah. And so, I, so I've never had the case where they would try to dominate me and like not stop. Right, well, that's good. Very good. Well, I just think it's amazing. How many clients would do you have? Or oh, it's. I mean, I generally see about seven to ten clients a week. Cool. And in terms of the numbers overall, I mean, it's it's really hard to say because I get a lot of people. I get our travelers, mm. people who are, you know, there's kind of like this sense of like, oh, I'm in this new city. I want to try something new that I wouldn't normally do that I that I would do at home mm -hmm. or, you know, and. Do, so, are, do some of them identify as heterosexual? 
Oh yeah, I mean, I definitely have men who are married. I don't know if they identify as heterosexual, but they, but you know, they. They're married to women. They're for all intents and purposes, they're leading a a hetero life, but uh, but you know, clearly their energy is like pretty open to men. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I get I get all of that, and you know, men who are recently coming out of long marriages and are just starting to explore. Yeah, Uh so it's I get the whole. But then some people are recurring. Like I generally tend to limit people to like once a month hmm. as the maximum so and why is why is that that's just a good um it's more around just taking care of myself hmm. i find like i'm more um i'm i feel more open and mm-hmm. energized when i'm working with with it when it feels more fresh right and yeah, if, if like i'm seeing a person every, day, every week or every you know every even every two weeks or whatever it's just kind of like after a while i kind of feel like i'm like uh yeah this isn't like i'm kind of getting bored or antsy or right. claustrophobic and then so i'm just like you know but once a month you kind of like forget about somebody completely and then when they yeah. show up at your door the next time you're like oh like right it's fresh yeah Let's do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. <laughs> that's fantastic. No. Thank you so much, CG, for yeah. being on the show. No, yeah, thank you for, for being willing to talk about all this stuff. Oh, it's, it's... I'm so grateful. I, yeah, I mean, as I said, I come from this, this sort of spiritual world where sexuality sometimes is kind of split off from mm. spirituality. Mm. So I'm really interested in what you do and, and mm. learning more. So. Mm. So I learned a lot today, and the listeners, I'm sure, have too. And um, where can people find you online um, if they're interested in what you do? You said GayMassageVancouver.com? That's my personal practice. Okay. And then MenInTouch.org is our group workshops and retreats. Awesome. And, and you're um, on, are you on yeah. Facebook? You I'm a... on Facebook, DakaZG. Cool. Awesome. And then Men in Touch is on Facebook as well. Men in Touch is on Facebook. And then also every year we also run an event called the Ignite Festival, which Will will be facilitating at. So so. stoked on that. That's like (laughs) the most magical uh, workshop slash festival I've ever been to Mm. slash been part of. That was so cool. And this year we're, it it is, the festival is for self-identified men. So that includes trans folks. And this year we're, last year we had said queer, bi, gay, trans, folks but this year we're also opening it up to folks who are questioning so it's kind of like there's not necessary like there's no expectation that people are going to be sexual or you know Mm. there's a range of workshops questioning queer questioning men yeah they're definitely men yeah it's still for men but it's like for questioning people who are questioning cool too so just because we we actually have some facilitators this year who identify mostly as straight but they're kind of like again it's kind of like me with women it's like i don't get a lot of charge out of same sex or uh, for them they don't get a lot of charge out of same sex Uh stuff but it's like it's not like they're opposed to right you know being in that environment or whatever so it's kind of like the the i'm excited to see the lineup who you have so we're just inviting the fact that you know some people you know, love the really erotic stuff and the sexual stuff. And other people are kind of like, just like the contact. Some people just like physical contact, partner yoga, doing dancing, all kinds of different ways. And what lights you up. So everyone is welcome. Yay. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Mr. Daka Zigi. 
Thank you for joining us this week on the Buy Urban Yogi podcast. Make sure to visit my website, willblunderfield.ca, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, YouTube, as well as SoundCloud, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you like the show, you might want to check out my music, which is featured throughout the podcast at itunes.com slash willblunderfield. I am available for private yoga lessons at willblunderfield.ca. You can message me through there or on Facebook, Yogi Will. Have a beautiful week and see you next time. Satnam.
beyond measure. Playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people can feel insecure around you. You're all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. May the love 